I think we should look at self-employed professionals more positively. I think if more people adopt an internal mindset, it can only be good for Germany, for Europe. I would love our solution to become more and more intelligent, to really give people actual advice they can understand to see, hey, what should they do with their hard-earned money? I think we can help people make good decisions and see what's actually the, the net impact of what they do and when something might make sense. Welcome to the Platform Pioneers, a show about the bright minds behind the world's largest digital platforms and the stories of how they built them. I am your host, Kuros, and together we'll uncover the secrets behind creating, scaling, and managing some of the most successful platforms out there. Hello and welcome to the Platform Pioneers podcast. I have an amazing guest with me today. His name is Tino Keller and Tino is the co-founder managing director of Accountable Germany. It's the simplest tech solution for freelancers. And prior to Accountable, he founded Promiflash, a celebrity news portal, speakwitch.de, a platform to evaluate teachers. But Tino, without further ado, why don't you introduce yourself and tell us a bit about Accountable, share a bit of your vision, who's your ideal customer, what are the pain points and what do you solve for them? Yeah, thanks for having me today. I'm Tino. I live in Berlin with two kids and um, I've been an entrepreneur since 2006, um, building now my third company with Accountable. And our vision really is to make being self-employed as easy as being an employee. And um, we really want to bring the solution to the entirety of Europe. We want to enable people to make the jump, a self-decided work environment, and become financially independent. Yeah, who's our ideal customer? In the end, we really want to provide a solution for all self-employed professionals. So no matter if you're a digital freelancer, if you're an expert working in Berlin, or you do something, you work in some, some other craft or even the arts, we want to have the solution that helps you, give you the peace of mind with taxes that you need. We've been working on this since the inception of the company in 2018, and we Yeah, active in the gym market since 2020. I mean, that's a super interesting and probably also a bit of a crowded space. If, if you look at tech solutions that target small business owners, freelancers, over the last 10 years, there were probably already a couple of players. If you look at the German market, which is just like relatively complicated when it comes to Texas. How did you, despite this competition and Germany being very deep in Texas, grow more than 20,000 users? How did you acquire them and kind of like what were your selling points at the beginning? So you're right, there are a couple of um, bookkeeping solutions. They target solopreneurs, so um, freelancers, the self-employed, but also um, companies. And what we find is that it is uh, sometimes a bit overwhelming if you have all the bells and whistles that you need um, for a company. And when, as a freelancer, the only thing you want to do is you just want to get your taxes done. It's not normally a highly complex business. You know what your revenues are, you know about what your costs are, and you just want to be compliant. Because in the end, the state really puts a lot of tasks on those entrepreneurs to do it themselves. And there's maybe not as much help as, as you would like. And the existing solutions, they tend to err on the side of complexity. So you, you log in, then you're going to be asked, what kind of tax type are you? You're going to ask a couple of questions about how you manage your accounting. And this is already like for a couple of people who just want to get their business done, it's too much of an onboarding. Initially, we really like... Um, I think started out getting traction with a lot of expat freelancers uh, because our solution also works in English. Then in the next step, you have people working in software development, digital freelancers. Now we see how this is getting broader and broader. In the end, we are a product-led company, so it's really product-led growth. 
but of course it's not the entire story there's a lot of supporting activities you have to develop very true i mean i've watched a couple of companies like mold fiverr neobanks that target freelancers was also kind of like leveraging partnerships, one of the drivers to fuel growth to your platform and eventually to the customers? That's interesting you mentioned this. Actually, in our last last board meeting, we just had a week ago, one of our investors brought this up and I also like asked them, hey, where have you seen work this really well? And there are those examples where you, with partnerships, you can actually really leverage growth. I haven't seen it working like as the main growth driver for us but what did it do for us so initially to we talk a lot to customers we talk a lot to clients we try to understand what's going on are we solving the right problem so getting into face-to-face -face relationships and workshops that was very helpful to work with do stuff at WeWork, at mindspace all those co-working spaces factory berlin is a great network in berlin but yeah it was helpful and then we have partnerships with ing We have partnerships also with Mold and Fiverr, as you mentioned them. Initially, that's really more about trust and showing users, hey, we work with other solutions that you work with. So signaling, hey, we connected to the ecosystem. I guess the partnership that's been working best for us is the one with N26. I would say it's because the solution to, to plug into PSD2 is maybe one of, the, one of the best. It's very easy to set up compared to example for what Solaris has built, to be honest. <laughs> and then on the other hand, like someone who wants to do their banking on 26, I think they also have like this mindset, I want to have a modern solution. I want to get stuff done. I want the best software that is out there for my business. So I think there's like a, a good fit for users that, that use, use N26 as a bank. So yeah, this is maybe like my take on partnerships. Interesting, but but I think it's definitely definitely the right approach. Probably the two biggest pain points that freelancers look at is like, okay, how do I do bookkeeping? How do I do banking? Right? That's an, that's kind of like what drives the most in terms of like administrative work. I think on this side that that's true. I think there's some banking. I would say is still like more of a commodity because people know what it's like, and then you can convince if you have a very good product and you understand people. Taxes, there's also like a lot of apprehension. People don't want to get into this. They think it's too complicated. They're afraid to make a mistake. And then obviously like the first reaction is turning to a tax advisor. And they see, okay, tax advisors, they might not respond to you. It's not all super nice if you work with a tax advisor either. And then we step in kind of a new category. So saying, hey, taxes, it does not have to be hard. It doesn't have to be complicated. There's actually an app where you can really manage most of it by yourself. And it speaks your language. And I think that's the problem we solve. And we see, it's funny, but we see this user love in taxes because people expect the worst and then they're surprised like how easy it can be using our solution. So that's actually quite nice. Interesting. It's like when you look at kind of your first solutions and how you initially went to market, you launched your solution in Belgium first and then launched the German market quite after. Maybe interesting to see why as a German company, but also what are the lessons when you expand into new markets and what would you have done differently maybe in hindsight? Yeah, it's super interesting for me also this journey. So I've launched two businesses. Um, we built in Germany and also stayed in Germany. And um, for me, like building this European company is a super exciting journey. My two co-founders, they're from Belgium. And it's maybe a mindset. We in Germany, we, we start in Germany because it's a big attractive market for sure. But if you maybe from Belgium or Scandinavia, you've seen that in the past as well. Those guys, they look much faster into other European countries and markets because they know they will not build like a big, massive VC funded business out of their home country. So there is a bigger drive to go into new markets. And what, what um, Belgium enabled was to to prove the metrics. I mean, SaaS is a metrics different business. You have to prove that what you do can work, can deliver. And then, of course, Germany 
biggest market in Europe, something we have to nail, but we want to bring it to the next level. And that's what investors always ask is, hey, how much can you like reuse the product for the next market? Because taxes is perceived to be something very national, which is true. And at the same time, not so true because a large part of um, the headache for self-employed professionals is VAT which has been harmonized mm -hmm. across the European Union. It's really like more or less the same engine that we use. And then on income tax, which we also do, and that's also a big difference to the legacy bookkeeping solutions, there is like a very similar conceptual approach on how to do this. And that helps us to um, to scale to next markets much faster than in the past, but also learned a lot in Belgium, in Germany, and we're going to hope to take those lessons and apply them to the next quarter markets for sure. It's interesting. So it's kind of like, I have to assume you have like a specialist or like a specialist advisor team for each of these markets to kind of like keep up to date with the regulations and then see what is, what is common in that platform and what has to be changed to be relevant in the market, right? I like to think about it that way. It's building the product, of course, is a challenge, you know, But it's like, we know what the challenge is like. So we have the tax advisors, we sit down, we build the product according to the European and local regulations. So we know what we're up against. The stuff that is a much wilder ride, and that's also part of my responsibility at Accountable, is to look at the go-to-market. How do we position? What's the marketing environment? What are the channels? The brand, before you start in the market, it's hard to know exactly what you're going to encounter in terms of funnel metrics as well. I would say, yes, the, the product side definitely is a big thing. You have to get it right. But then, yeah, if you win or lose, it's really a question about the go-to-market. Indeed. Maybe last one. Uh, if you look at the competitive landscape, um, these two markets, right? Germany, Belgium. Is it yeah. is, is, like, like what's different? What's what's probably the same? Is Germany way more competitive? Is Belgium way more competitive? Just like curious because Germany is so specific and so if you want to spin it positively, rich when it comes to like tax regulation. I think every country, they think they have like the toughest tax regulation. That's It's quite funny because I also did user interviews in other countries. Italy, for example, they will tell you our tax system is like the toughest and the most complicated. And the Germans are definitely convinced that theirs is the most complicated. But the Belgians will also tell you ours has like a lot of like stuff that is really like hard to, to get your head around. So I think if I look at the market, Germany definitely is, is very competitive. There are established solutions and people will naturally, I think, compare to what is in the market. So you have to position and also like let the user know how are you different because we are a tech solution and we are a tax app. That's how we went out there. And um, what's a tax app anyway? People know what a bookkeeping solution is. People know what a tax advisor is. But what does a tax app do for you? And I think our friends at TaxFix, they did a great job of like putting this on the map. This can be a lot easier. And so we kind of also building like a new generation, new category of solutions that were not possible before. And at the same time, yeah, there's a intense competition because people compare you to like, I don't know, seven, eight bookkeeping solutions. And you just have to bring the point across that actually you do a bit more than those guys at the right points and at other points where you might get lost and confused in a lack of a solution as a self-employed professional, we actually make it a lot easier and trim it down for the stuff that you really need to know. And in Belgium, it's really more about the, through the prism of, um, yeah, tax solution versus tax advisor. And it's not so much maybe the entire array or the market of different solutions that we look at and how we position. So there is quite a difference, yeah. Quite, quite interesting. If you maybe now, as a 
multinational company with a couple of products look a bit in the crystal ball, two to three years. What do you think is going to be that big change for digital tech solutions? How, how will that market develop? What are the challenges, trends, shifts in behavior? You just mentioned before they always compared you to a big bookkeeping solution and you kind of like make that leap forward. When you look like two to three years in the future, how do you see developments? Yeah, that's of course like the, the, the interesting part. And I think in entrepreneurship, it's always, uh, always also about timing. You know, if you at the right time, like providing a solution. And I believe that with Accountable, we have a, a very good timing for what we do. So what we've seen through the Corona crisis as well, we saw more people freelancing on the side. And that actually is quite an attractive setup. If you have like a job as an employee and then you start freelancing on the side, that's for some people the best of both worlds. So I think this will, will continue to grow. It's a growing market for us as well. And those people, they don't want to spend a lot of time with their tax advisor because they also have a job and they just want to have like easy entry barriers to freelancing. And then I think artificial intelligence and demography will have a profound impact. So artificial intelligence, I think it's clear that this will highly infuse also taxes, but probably most industries. But on the demography side, it's just a fact that we have less and less tax advisors, which would be like the natural solution. If you start something, you'd say like, okay, now I need a tax advisor. And then you realize... I don't get a tax advisor because the tax advisors, they can only handle so many clients and then they will focus on the clients that bring in the big bucks. Those will probably be bigger corporations. So they price out everybody else. And then you stand there and think, oh, now I can do it on my own. Great. Elster doesn't give you a lot of help. It's just a form where you can enter stuff. And then um, you look at a, another solution and that's where we believe that trend will only accelerate and not only in Germany, but in the entirety of Europe, that you have less and less tax advisors who can actually attend to people who still have those tax obligations. So I think that's definitely a trend. Short term, we see like the recession, the challenges to the economy. That's something that obviously weighs on people's mind, especially if you're self-employed. But I think it's natural in a downturn. And if you look deeper into where this is all going, I expect that people yeah, will expect more and more from their software. So they, they I mean, if you see those um, AI tools, People just expect everything to be so good, so perfect. Then you need like some kind of business model that works with this. So you can really deliver on the expectations of people, what software can do and how intelligent it has to be. So I think this is going to be the continued challenge in product as well. That's, I think, a very interesting point. It's like, if you look just Texas, something that is really on top of mind for freelancers that you would love to solve, which kind of area would that be where you kind of like would want to deliver something that, that really relieves the pain? You mentioned AI. Is there anything specific that you would want to add to the product? One thing I'm really passionate about, and I'm talking a lot to, to self-employed professionals and just giving workshops. I have people on the phone, users, people who are interested in our solution. I, I love talking to people because every time I feel like I could really help this person with like at least this one little thing. What I realize in Germany, financial literacy, planning for the future, how just like even like a profit and loss work. It's not really um, something that we learn at school. It's not we talk about a lot, like uh, how money is being made, is being lost, how money works. I would love our solution to be, become more and more intelligent, to really give people actionable advice they can understand, to see, hey, what should they do with their hard-earned money? What makes sense? Also, like, after tax. I, in my last business, I also always thought about the top line. How can I grow revenue and ideally profitability? But then there's taxes, you know, and yeah. I didn't really look at it. But it doesn't make sense to look at the world like this. And if you're self-professional, even less so, because what hits your bank account really is, is the stuff you can work with. Financial literacy is something that is a big topic for me. And then I think also if we can play a part to make it easier for freelancers to, to get a credit, get a loan, because if you're an employee, the state loves it, the banks love it as well. 
but those entrepreneurial people who are the engine of our economy, in a sense, and I'd love to support them in a way that they can um, yeah, access funds to invest in their private life, in their professional life. Interesting. So is it something that you would at one point also see as being a long-term revenue driver for accountable, kind of like merging into these, kind of like not only taking care of the professional tax needs, but taking care of like more clientele-specific personal needs, like investment, etc.? Or are there any other sources of income you are looking into? We're definitely looking into how we can leverage taxes for freelancers. I mean, you just look at pension, you know, saving for old age. There are a lot of tax breaks for that. It's not always easy to decide what to do, if this is a good decision or not. What we would like to do is to make this more visible, to show like the net tax effect so people can understand it easily when they make decisions, because you make today decisions for the future. I mean, we are, we are SaaS solution. We're not a bank. We're not an insurance company. I think we can help people make good decisions and see what's actually the, the net impact of what they do and when something might make sense. I think um, if we do a good job at this, then this will be like another way to also increase the stickiness of a product, the value of a product, and then eventually the APA. I mean, there's um, right now we are a tech solution, but I think if we come like some kind of financial companion, we can leverage taxes for use a lot more. And then there's also for us, I think, room to grow. Definitely. And you mentioned a couple of things that, that I've just seen in my, my everyday life where we look at platforms. You mentioned how can I help them receive a loan? Maybe they need short-term loans. What about any kind of like bank-related stuff? So everything around embedded finance, right? I mean, there's cards, there's loans, there's payments. If you think of invoices that need to be paid. It's like when you look at this kind of array of things, what is the, the closest or which one have you actually proactively been, been thinking about? We try to test stuff and ask users. So we've been testing in Belgium something to, to, to see if we show people, hey, what would be like the, the net effect after taxes to save into like a pension plan? That is something we've been playing around. We've actually got quite a few users who ask us, hey, could you uh, uh, initiate payments out of the app? Like the, the first question is like, hey, you show me how much I have to pay to, uh, to the tax office for mm -hmm. VAT or income tax repayments. Why can I not click on something in the app and just send it out? And that is that is that is interesting feedback. So, um, yeah, we we try to. I mean, it's it's always in, in, if you build a company, you have to look at like, hey, where are like additional benefits I can give to a user, and how can I like focus on the stuff that I really need to get right? And we try to run experiments to see, hey, where can we get traction? Where do we really have something that we can offer users that's an additional benefit? But yeah, we've been looking into that. We've also been looking around how can we maybe help people to get paid faster. I think those are the areas we, we would like to experiment with at a later stage, but which are not like too far out. Yeah, very interesting. I mean, that's definitely something that I've seen a lot from you focus kind of on taxes. If you see people that focus on like pure financial accounting, where they generate invoices, that's just like a thing top of mind where you can just like enrich the experience of a platform. Do you know, I think we are at the end of our topic on, on SaaS and platforms, etc. But now what I always like to do in my podcast kind of shift a bit to a couple of personal questions. Like I call them the rapid fire questions. Are you ready? I'm good to go. Let's, let's do it. Perfect. What is the one final thought that you want to leave our listeners with when you just look back at the discussion that we just had? So I think for me, being self-employed requires you to start thinking more entrepreneurial. And um, those those people embarking on that journey, they have to think more about how to manage work. I think generally we should look at self-employed professionals more positively. I think if more people adopt an entrepreneurial mindset, it can only be good for Germany, for Europe. I think generally as a society, we should see this as a big plus. That would be like my one thing to leave people with. 
Nice, but that's a great closing statement because you're kind of like, like a very obsessed with your target group and with your customers. If you think of yourself, who is a business leader that you follow or whose post you enjoy reading, if you have any? There are a couple. So there's like, we've done a lot of, of growth initiative experiments. And I think what Lenny Wojcicki, I hope I pronounced his name right, does on his, his blog and his podcast series. I love, I love reading it. There's amazing people on it and it's very valuable. I like to the zoomed out bigger picture that Scott Galloway is sometimes giving, you know, like about like the world and things. That's interesting. True. And I, I like to follow what Martin Wazowski does. I think he's quite an uh, inspiring entrepreneur who's built like different companies from, I know, tech to life science, living in the States, Spain, Argentina, Europe. So, yeah, I think those people are in their own way category quite inspiring. Yeah, but that's a strong set of good advice. And I always love to, to, to understand what other people are listening to or reading to, because it's always good to, to meet new kind of like business leaders. And what task or activity would you like to spend more time on during your workday? I have to assume there are a couple of things that always fall a bit short. For me, it's one thing. We work in a hybrid setup. So we, hmm. people all over Europe, we have offices, but we also have home office. So we try to give, try to be like results driven. But um, when you, a lot on calls, I'm not in, all in the same room. I miss like those unstructured discussions on strategic topics where you can just like dive into things and you just don't know where it takes you. And then after this meeting, you say like, you should do more on this. Like, you know, like you get amplified, mirrored by your colleagues. It's like, yes, this thought wasn't only in my head and it, it just starts something new. So yeah, I think that's what I would like to do more of. Yeah, can, can sympathize a lot. We have the same. We also have a, a remote first setup that was in Europe. I mean, we do these kind of like regular meetups where the whole company meets, but no, definitely like there's a bit of magic. I'm sitting here in an office with kind of like the, the German function of it. There's sometimes like a bit of magic coming out of these unstructured discussions. I can, I can fully sympathize. Three bold in quotation marks. I mean, three predictions or maybe one prediction is enough about the future of SaaS platforms. If you look a bit, the bird's eye view at it. Yeah, I put this into ChatGPT. And that told, <laughs> it told me, it told me that, that, uh, that prediction was SaaS platforms will increase use of AI and automation to enhance user experience. So, I mean, I perfect, think, perfect. Uh, but it's, it's, <laughs> it, it is, I mean, you mentioned it before. It is, it is true, right? It is probably true. It's, it's so true. I mean, just, just imagine like this thing. You, you have like this tech solution that we build and then you have on the side like this, yeah, this virtual tech advisor who can give you really like a, a good or better tech advice and then... And you might get a, a, another place. So I think, yeah, AI, I think it's it's not even bold. It's clear that this will have like a big impact. And there's maybe another one that's not out of chat GPT. That's like a something that uh, I can throw in here. I believe that it might get increasingly harder to convince people to get like the next SaaS subscription because you yeah. pile this up and, and up. And um, yeah, I feel this is, this is uh, it's, it's not something that you can always rely on that. Yeah, people will need this next service. So yeah, it's not going to get any easier. That would be my, my take there. I may, maybe just a, a quick comment. I, I feel the same. It's also with a lot of uh, customers that try to use embedded payments. It's like, um, it seems like margins and revenue potential, like the amount of money you can charge for SaaS for a subscription, it's also a bit under pressure. It's like people are cautious. Do I get another subscription, another subscription? What does a subscription cost? That's going to be going to be a bit of a challenge because it's, it, it clearly there was a big growth in the last years, but I, I fully agree on this one. Then the second last one, what books did shape your career most, if there are any? Maybe uh, also what, what recent books have you read that are interesting and to share? So I think like in the, if I look back at the last three years, we've really like um, looked from scratch on how we do growth. And yeah, I think like the Bible there is uh, growth hacking from Sean Ellis. So that's, I think it's yep. a good reference. 
it's it's very hard to to put it into practice like the yeah the um to be true to it but i think if you if you manage to keep like this uh, this uh, continuous rhythm of experiments then you can really get somewhere so that was i think quite quite impactful in, in uh, the last years and then i do have by now um a, a long reading list in my feedly so i have a lot of blogs on medium and follow a lot of people and there's always like something like a thought that that makes me think that brings me to like to the next thing so it's that is something that i quite um quite enjoy because sometimes like those books there's like two thoughts in there and yeah, you yeah. can try but to like, wrap it down to one thing but it's a big exactly, thing but it's read. 200 pages uh, and so, you would have understood yeah. the, the the thoughts in the first 20 pages yes i know yeah, so specifically a, from like english-speaking countries or, yeah or so yeah the, the, those those business books i think it's, it's for me it's good to have have like yeah have a regular influx of, of um, blog posts that really helps me a lot and yeah and then i read a book on Genghis Khan that was also very interesting so yeah <laughs> nice I'm, I'm a bit of a history buff myself that's a that's a good book I, I read a good book on, on Cizo the other day so I, I would have mentioned that perfect and then the last one we are almost at the end what's your kind of like most favorite thing at your job and what's the least favorite so it's probably like um yeah it's uh I think what I like best is the degrees of freedom to experiment and make bold bets and uh, with it probably like that's also like the worst part of it so Two parts of the same coin is um, the, the firefighting part. So, I mean, the, the puck stops with you. So, I mean, you have a lot of degrees of freedom to do exciting stuff, but then stuff doesn't work out. Then, yeah, then you are in customer success trying to solve something. You're talking to a customer. You have uh, maybe in the team something you have to... So if you're jumping from one thing to the next and you can't really get a moment to think, like, where you're going, that's like those days which are probably like, like least. But, yeah, generally... It's, it's more of the good stuff, really, like the piece of freedom to build something and to try things out, I think that is, um, and do something differently, do something different in, in the way that's been done before. So tomorrow we're going to launch our guarantee for, for tax declarations, and nobody's done that before, you know, saying like, hey, with our software, we guarantee that if you get into problems, if you get back taxes from the tax office, we cover it. And so doing those things, that's quite exciting. Like, how can we, how can we make it happen? And then tax lawyers say, no, you can't. And we say, yes. Let's find a way to make it happen. And um, yeah, that's, that's the exciting part that I love. That is exciting. And Tino, that's an, uh, ahead of a, a closing statement. You've been an amazing guest. Thanks so much, Tino Keller, for that uh, really great part on uh, talking about Accountable. Thanks so much, Tino. Thanks for having me.